Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. The left... The bureaucracy, the criminalization of politics. Two countries are facing coups right now. One is a constitutional republic, one is a parliamentary democracy. Two leaders are facing coups. The President of the United States and the Prime Minister of Israel. These nations are far apart terms of geography but the left whether in the United States whether in Israel whether in Europe is the same party first power first they will exploit liberty exploit the rule of law to accomplish what they want you see this happening in the United States a president of the United States who's been subjected to FBI spies, false FISA warrants, media tyranny, criminal investigations, impeachment, and for what? And for what? They keep coming up with different theories and different arguments. They keep throwing labels around like abuse of power and so forth. And they bring in people on television. They call them legal analysts who have no common sense, very little substance. You have so-called reporters and hosts like Chuck Todd, who's now the worst of them, with deep ties to the Democrat Party, family members too, Jake Tapper and the rest. Fine, we just keep playing along like it's okay as they destroy our country. Same thing going on in Israel. To give you a sense for this, I want to read you a piece by Caroline Glick, who's a columnist, brilliant young lady. I know her quite well. And you should read her. Peggy Noonan is sophomoric, preening, condescending, and in so many ways, imbecilic. Her piece today was among her worst ever. So I don't read it anymore. It's stupid. Not so a Caroline Glick. Here's her piece. It's called The Reign of the Prosecutors. Tell me if this doesn't ring true here. In Israel Thursday morning, the politicians were the big story. Israel 
Betanu chairman Avador Lieberman was the villain who had held the country hostage for nearly a year as he fed his narcissistic personality disorder. This is a guy who was in Likud, who had been close to Netanyahu. Uh, some people say they have the goods on this guy, the prosecutors. Uh, uh, but in any event, he created this party. There are seven or eight of them, ten on the best day. These are former Likud or would-be Likud, and he's withheld their support. All they needed was six of them or so in two different elections, and Netanyahu would have been re-elected prime minister. But he withheld them. He withheld them. She goes on, the left's latest flagship, the Blue and White Party, is all the once vibrant political camp can put together now that it lost its ideology. And this is a real chameleon party, and she's absolutely right. With its god of peace killed by suicide bombers and missiles and its socialism status crushed under the weight of bankrupt government companies, all the left has left is blue and white. That's the name of the party. The party stands on two planks, destroying Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and internalizing the regime of Israel's unelected bureaucrats. The party's figurehead, Benny Gantz, was tempted to join a unity government with Netanyahu that would guarantee he would serve as prime minister in a rotation agreement. But his comrades wouldn't let him. Joining a government with Netanyahu would be a betrayal of the very reasons for existing. So unhappy, he walked away. And then there was Netanyahu himself. Tuesday morning, his supporters shook their heads in frustration and his enemies clapped their hands in glee the sight of Israel's greatest statesman, the leader the public wants to keep in office, unable to form a government. What she means by that is if they had a straight-up election and the person who got the most vote would be prime minister, in every poll it shows Netanyahu. But they had this screwy Italian-like system that the socialists set up when they founded the country. Now, The conversation about Israel's politicians lasted less than 24 hours. At 4 o'clock in the afternoon, Attorney General Havakai Mandelbilt's office announced that at 7.30 in the evening, he would announce his decision to indict Netanyahu. The underlying message was crystal clear. The day after Benny Gantz of Blue and White Party returned his mandate to form a government to President Reuven Rivlin, after he failed to get a sufficient number of coalition partners to build a government. Mandelbilt said that there's no point in talking about whether or not Israel is going to new elections in March. Voters don't decide anything. The lawyers do. Politicians are irrelevant. The only people who count in Israel today are the unelected attorneys who run the country. But then, we already knew that. And the fact that As expected, Mandelbelt, he's the Attorney General, announced sternly that he is indicting Netanyahu on three charges of breach of trust, one charge of bribery, and at best, anticlimactic. The game was up, if it was ever in play in February. Last February, at the height of the first election campaign of the year, when Netanyahu and his right-wing coalition partners were leading in all polls by a wide margin, this Attorney General Mandelbelt took the unprecedented and legal, legally dubious step of announcing his intention to indict Netanyahu of those charges, pending a pre-indictment hearing. The moment he made his announcement, 
the right began to slide in the polls. The leader had spoken, and we had no right to question him. Blue and white scattershot campaign converged around Mandelbilt's recommendation. Now the left had a rallying cry and a reason to vote. Netanyahu's neck was on the chopping block. Ever since this Attorney General Mandelbilt gave his so-called recommendations, he and his comrades have been the only political actors with any power to speak of. Our actual elected leaders were rendered bit players in the lawyer's regime. Mandelbilt's announcement to Thursday just made it official. To the cheers of Israel's corrupt media, and I'll get to them in a minute. I just had some experience with their corrupt media. For the past three years... Our legal overlords have gnawed away at all aspects of political power in Israel and in the press. Not that they cared. They corrupted Israel's legal system from top to bottom. From beginning to end, their criminal prosecution of Netanyahu has been a travesty of every norm in democratic societies governed by the rule of law. Carefully edited and wholly distorted recordings and transcripts of police interrogations of Netanyahu, his wife, son, and advisors were systematically leaked to the media. The fact that every such leak was a felony offense was of no matter. Netanyahu's attorneys submitted request after request for the Attorney General Mandelbelt to order an investigation of the criminal leaks. All were summarily and scornfully rejected. As the probes escalated, overseen by State Prosecutor Shai Nitzen, Police investigators extorted Netanyahu's closest advisors to coerce them into becoming state witnesses against the most successful and admired prime minister Israel has ever had. Investigators threatened Netanyahu's former spokesman, Nir Hevetz, that they would destroy his family and bankrupt him if he didn't turn on Netanyahu. They finally succeeded in breaking him after incarcerating him in a flea-infested jail cell for 15 nights denying him sleep and medical treatment, and bringing a young woman in he knew into an interrogation room next to him and then threatening to destroy his family. In the earlier stages of the probes, then-Police Inspector General Ronnie Ishak spun wild, unsubstantiated, and frankly insane conspiracy theories about Netanyahu, including the claim that he hired private investigators to tell police investigators. Ishak then went out of his way to prevent the government from appointing a successor for him as he approached the end of his term of service. Still today, more than a year later, Israel has no police inspector general. Then, of course, there's the Attorney General Mandelbilt himself. It's Mandelblit. Mandelblit, who claims not to have known about the abuse of witnesses, but then refused to investigate the allegations. And Mandelblit, who promised after publishing his recommendations for indictment at the height of the election campaign, that he would approach Netanyahu's pre-trial hearing with an open mind. That promise was exposed as a lie when the chief prosecutor, Liat Ben-Ari, left the hearing two days early to take her family on a safari in South Africa. Wouldn't want a little thing like the prime minister's legal fate to ruin her chance to see the elephants. The same Mandelblit refused to investigate Ben-Ari when recordings emerged last month showing that she submitted a false deposition to a court in relation to a lawsuit submitted against her by a former subordinate attorney. Then, of course, there is the substance of the charges themselves. 
The charge that Netanyahu accepted a bribe is based on an invented notion that positive media coverage of a politician is bribery. The notion that press coverage can be considered bribery exists nowhere in the democratic world. No prosecutor in the world has ever indicted or investigated a politician or media organization of having committed bribery involving the provision of positive news coverage. Senior American jurists appeared before Mandeville in Netanyahu's self-evidently unserious pre-indictment hearing to warn him that pursuing bribery charges against politicians for receiving positive coverage is a recipe for destroying freedom of the press and democracy itself. But then that's the entire point of going after Netanyahu, isn't it? With invented crimes. Now that Netanyahu's been charged for bribery, and incidentally, he never even received positive coverage for the media organ accused of providing it. Every politician that gets on the lawyer's bad side will be sweating bricks any time a reporter writes something nice about him. After Manderbilt made his primetime announcement, Netanyahu pledged to fight for his freedom and for the restoration of Israeli democracy and the rule of law. In his speech Thursday night, he made an impassioned appeal to his decent political rivals to join him in this fight. If any politicians doubt that Netanyahu's struggle is their struggle, they should look no further than the prosecutor's announcement last week that it was opening in a review ahead of a criminal probe of Gantz's role in the so-called Fifth Dimension affair. The Fifth Dimension was a startup Gantz headed. Its sale for $14 million allegedly violated standard procedures. Maybe Gantz did nothing wrong, but then again, Netanyahu is being indicted for crimes that don't actually exist. So it doesn't matter. The message is clear. Every politician is at the mercy of the prosecutors. Fall out of line and you'll become a criminal suspect before you can say prosecutorial abuse. It's certainly true that the left shares the prosecutor's hatred of Netanyahu. Blue and white exists to destroy him. But all the leftist politicians and Lieberman who are celebrating today need to understand that the Netanyahu they love to hate is their best friend and defender today. If Netanyahu is found guilty of crimes that were invented for the purpose of destroying him, then their goose will be cooked along with his. Politicians may make us happy or sad, frustrated or infuriated, but today, in post-democratic Israel, it hardly matters. Netanyahu called last night for an investigation of the investigators. Unless our elected officials join forces, he just called they, and the voters who elected them, will never be relevant again. And here in the United States, the President of the United States... Donald Trump has never, ever been treated like any president in American history. There have been investigations, criminal investigations, but not like this, based on a fantasy, based on opposition research. There have been impeachment hearings, but none like this, ever. The Democrat Party and the media have destroyed forever this important constitutional provision, the impeachment clause. They've turned it into a mockery. Hearsay evidence. President doesn't have counsel present. The minority party can't call witnesses without approval from the majority. They can't provide evidence without approval from the majority. The individual, the, the, the main accuser, his name cannot be revealed. He cannot be confronted, and the American people are supposed to never know his name. A secret for all time. 
They're destroying their country from within in Israel, and we are destroying our country from within in America. Who are they and who are we? The left. The left in government, the left in law enforcement, the left in intelligence services, the left in the media, and the left in the Democrat Party. Whether they speak Hebrew or speak English or Spanish or French or whatever they speak, the left is the left, and they are totalitarian. I'll be right back. You hear me talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum, about its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago, Hillsdale College was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. While many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've also talked about the great Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College. He's one of the finest Americans I've ever known. And he explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat, so its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God because he is the first authority. Folks, if you've ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Visit hillsdale.edu. That's hillsdale.edu for more information. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Remember, that's hillsdale.edu, hillsdale.edu. So there is a so-called report, these fraud uh, journalists, they're actually worse in Israel, if you can imagine that. It is a uh, one ideology media there. They really don't believe in a free press in any respect, and I think that's one of the reasons they're going after Netanyahu. And they know the press will be behind them. The press is even prodding them. The guy's name is Barack, I guess like Barack Obama. Barack Ravid, not Rabid, Ravid, R-A-V-I-D. Senior diplomatic correspondent for Channel 13 News. It's a big channel in Israel. They don't have a lot of, a lot of TV stations there. They do run Fox. Obviously, seven hours ahead are they. But that said, Barack Ravid, he's been... Watching very carefully my posts on Netanyahu and Israel and the and the Coosters. And I want to show you how this works. First I kicked his ass, but I want to show you how this works. Just as it does in the United States. I'll be right back. Liberty and learning. In a healthy democracy, these two things are mutually supportive. In America today, however, that bond is broken. To help repair the breach, Hillsdale College has launched the Van Andel Graduate School of Government in the nation's capital. And unlike other graduate programs, Hillsdale teaches politics as a human activity oriented toward justice. A series of choices, guided in the best case by right principles, but made in ever-changing circumstances that require prudence to achieve the best attainable results. Hillsdale's curriculum combines the careful reading of primary sources and serious historical inquiry. Students learn how to apply the principles of free government, 
and advance the cause of constitutionalism in the context of ever-changing circumstances. Hillsdale's new Van Andel School of Government is a program unlike any other in Washington, D.C. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Do you ever talk back to your radio? Then you must be listening to Mark Levin. Pick up the phone and call 877-381-3811. See, one of the problems in a lot of these free countries today is we're being scammed by a phony media that is hardcore left, the vast majority. There's no diversity of thought. They do not seek objective truth, even imperfectly. They just don't seek it. And they believe all information should be laundered through their ideology. In Israel, the left is hardcore left. And what's amazing is under Netanyahu, they've had 10 years of relative peace and enormous prosperity. Their foreign policy has been more successful than any time in their history. You look at the relationship between the prime minister and our president. And how much fruit... Uh, that has borne for the Israeli people. But they're more than prepared to burn it all down. Certainly the media are, the left, the prosecutors who are government bureaucrats, the police who are government bureaucrats, not like our cops, totally different. So I had a number of posts for the last 24, 48 hours about how appalling all this is on my social sites. I tell you, you ought to check them out. Because all kinds of people do. Including Barach Ravid. The senior diplomatic correspondent for Channel 13 in Israel. Now listen to what he writes. This is a liberal. Mark Levin is pretty worked up about Netanyahu's indictments. Seven very angry tweets about it in the last 24 hours. He's obviously entitled to his opinion. But his rage is kind of strange considering he doesn't live in Israel, doesn't vote in Israel, and doesn't pay taxes in Israel. Wow. What do you think of that, Mr. Producer? Kind of strange, don't you think? So I was busy today and I answered a few hours later. Barak Ravid is a liberal Israeli journalist. Of course, Barak Ravid is unknown in America, but in Israel, he's thought by some to be a big kefilta fish. Apparently, he's an avid Levin follower. And Ravid is also a liberal Israeli journalist. Now, Barak, Israel is the ancestral home of all Jews. This guy lives in Israel. I suspect mostly in a Tony part of Tel Aviv. But the guy lives in Israel. Does he even understand the ancient history that surrounds him? Of course not. Israel is the ancestral home of all Jews. Not just leftist Jews. Not just Israeli Jews. As a Jew who is an American, I care deeply about what occurs in and to Israel. And you folks know that. You listen. Indeed, I speak often about Israel on all my media platforms. 
Moreover, Israel and the United States are the strongest of allies. And while I don't pay taxes in Israel, some of my taxes go to Israel. While I don't vote in Israel, my vote in America impacts Israel. For example, Trump, an avid Israel supporter, as opposed to, say, Sanders, who's deeply hostile to Israel. Moreover, I dare say I know more about the law, including the law relating to these bogus charges against Netanyahu, than you. We've even talked about these charges. I've written about these charges. Apparently, I also know more about freedom of the press and free speech than you, Barack Ravid. Oh, and it's called passion, not rage, Barack. Now, how about you try a bit harder to practice objective journalism rather than worry yourself wondering why this Jew cares about what happens in Israel? Admittedly, I probably care more than many liberals who actually live in Israel. Yes, indeed. Now, what I could have also said, but I'll say it on the air. If this is the way he thinks about Jewish Americans, imagine what he thinks about evangelical Americans. Christianity was born where? In the Middle East. It's the second oldest of the religions. Bethlehem. Jerusalem. Are evangelicals allowed to have strong opinions, according to this liberal so-called journalist, about what goes on in Israel? Of course they are. And not just opinions. Passionate opinions. Israel and Jerusalem are strongly tied to Christianity. And he wonders why, does Mr. Journalist. He wonders why. We are passionate about this. Well, my friend, I wish you were as passionate about Israel as I am, as a Jewish American, a constitutional conservative. I wish you were as passionate about Israel as the evangelical community and so many evangelical Christians that I know, from Pastor Hagee and so many others. And it's your mindset It's your mindset, Barack, that can destroy your little country from within. Your myopic, ideological mindset. And it'll be because of people like you, media frauds, who rather than serving as a check on government power and informing your people about what your police are up to, about what your prosecutors are up to, about how freedom of the press is endangered. You cheer them on. You're in bed with them. Because for you, like with Marx and Engels and Mao, Lenin, Trotsky and others, the ends justify the means. And for this so-called journalist and his ilk, For the leftists in Israel, the ends, well, the ends are the elimination of Benjamin Netanyahu. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, individuals of this ilk, who are not in the media in Israel and in the United States, form these 
self-hating left-wing organizations, think tanks, NGOs, and so forth. They'll have the name Jerusalem in there, or the name Judaism in there, or the name Israel in there. And these are hardcore left-wing self-haters who are about ideology. Ideology. They might be born Jews, just as Catholics may be born Catholics while they're talking about open-ended abortion and so forth. But they do not embrace the history, the tradition, or really the religion. And I don't mean there's one way to practice. I mean the, re- the fundamentals of the religion. There's a few of these clowns in my own family. And I really want to mention their names, but I don't want to be, uh, you know, got to go to Thanksgiving. Harry. Netanyahu essentially is being charged, putting aside some of the more ridiculous charges, but the fundamental ones, for seeking positive news media in exchange for supporting certain news media. Now that never happens in America, does it? Is there a free or quasi-free country on the face of the earth where anybody's been charged with bribery because of that? Bribery. Bribery. And the idiots in the Israeli media, including the idiots at the Jerusalem Post, Netanyahu must resign, don't understand that he stands between what the police state bureaucrats and prosecutors in Israel are doing and liberty, their liberty, just as the fools in our country don't get it. Just as the fools in our own country don't get it. Then they take polls. After they beat down, beat down, beat down the Prime Minister or beat down the President of the United States, day in and day out, these frauds, these millennial frauds, who pretend that they're news people. They're not news people. They're barely people at all. They're machines with propaganda. Oh, look at this poll. 50-some percent of the people want Netanyahu to resign. And how many of those 53% know what's going on? This is... Look... When you look at these openly aggressive, tyrannical societies, other than those that pretend to be free and aren't, what do they do? They control the press. Whether it's the internet, whether it's newspapers, radio, television, they control the press. In Israel, it's not the government, but it's the progressive, hard-left ideologues that control communications. It's the same thing in the United States. The same thing in the United States. And they are utterly intolerant of just one, two, three percent of competitors who may not agree with them. They want to destroy them. In our country, every day, the primetime lineup at Fox, which brings in the funds to fund the rest of the lineup, let's be honest, is under vicious attack by newsrooms so-called all over the country. Sometimes even their own newsroom. Talk radio, it's always a cycle, comes under attack. Why? Because the left demands uniformity and conformity of thought. Donald Trump 
his election. They take personally. It interferes with their power grab. Benjamin Netanyahu's been in office over nine years. He's in their way. They've had enough. They've had enough of peace and prosperity. They've had enough of one of the greatest statesmen in the modern era. They want Gantz. Who's Gantz? Nobody knows. Oh, Gantz. What's he stand for? I don't know. Whether there's a, oh, Gantz. Oh, Lieberman. He's an old Lieberman. He's a Lieberman. These are political dwarfs. They're not statesmen. The people who are rooting for the demise of Netanyahu are in Tehran. They're in Lebanon. They're in Syria. They're in Turkey. And they're in anti-Semitic halls and bars throughout Europe. And on college campuses in the United States. And those who are rooting for the demise of Donald Trump sit in Beijing. And Moscow, yes, Moscow. And Tehran. Along with the DNC, NBC, ABC, and CBS. And yet, they would have you believe that Donald Trump loves these dictators. And yet it's the dictators and the mass murderers who love the American media. Especially you, you putt Scarborough. I'll be right back. Lovin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty, with more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. mentioned Peggy Noonan very briefly. I don't really mention her at all. I rarely read her columns. They're very popular with the Drudge Report. He links to them. And why? She says something profound? No. And so she's turned into Hillary Clinton. She might as well write a piece about the deplorable. She was a never-Trumper of sorts. And you can see them coming out of the woods now as they join with the hardcore left, with the Obama holdovers, 
with the bureaucrats and with the foreign policy bureaucracy. They cannot tolerate a president of the United States that doesn't conform to their demands. And I was thinking about this today. Think about a lot of things every day. You know, the left never even conforms to the left's demands. Because the left's demands can never be satisfied. It's a constant state of turmoil. A constant state of more government, more bureaucracy, more regulations, more taxes, more programs, less liberty, fewer, less capitalism, less family, less faith. You see, it's one thing in your own life to have endless desires and once, and to pursue them to the end. It's actually healthy in many respects. But it's another thing to use the coercive power of government to force the pursuit of your endless desires and wants. That's tyranny. Progressivism, socialism, call it what you will. The right word really is statism. It is an endless pursuit, endless pursuit of impossibilities as it continuously chokes the golden goose, demanding that it lay more and more golden eggs. But the goose dies, and there's no more golden eggs. And so the pursuits die, and the whip comes out the point of the gun comes out. Because you see, the people are just not up to the task. Up to the task of the progressive demands. I'm going to pursue this a little more when we return. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. Mr. Producer. Before we, uh, we move on to audio, I want to find that piece on Mediate involving me. I'm such a nice guy. Why are they so obsessed with me? Mediate, Media Matters, Hollywood Reporter. What are the other reprobates? I can't remember them all. They're just very upset. I mean, they treat Judge Napolitano like he's Joseph Story. You know, he's just the most remarkable of remarkables. But little old Mark is just a right-wing radio host. By the way, you are going to love... Hello! Hello! You're going to love Sunday night's Life, Liberty, and Levin. Remember the new time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, and all times in between and around. 
I really want you to watch this show. Mark, you always say that. Actually, I don't always say that. But I really want you to watch this show. Will you promise me? I mean, on it, <coughs> the ratings are irrelevant, ladies and gentlemen. I have a three-year deal with Fox now. Oh, I didn't tell everybody that we extended, did I? Well, it's true. I really want you to check this out, okay? It'll make you feel a hell of a lot better. This I can assure you. Over at Mediate, which is a left-wingite state, uh, post, uh, website, it's really quite appalling. But we can go over there for fun and to treat them as the foil that they actually are. They consider themselves a news site. And in modern days, it really is. Left-wing kooks and mobsters and goons all over the place. But we're going to have a little bit more fun with this site, as we do from time to time. There's a guy named Tommy Christopher. Tommy's one of a phalanx of low IQ, poorly informed, knee-jerk leftists. Hired over at the Dan Abrams news site. And so I was on Hannity, I guess it was last night. The days are all coming together for me. And Sean insists that I come on a show every Thursday. That's fine. If I have something to say, if I don't have something to say, I won't. But look, he gives me time and I really appreciate it because there's a lot going on in this country. We need to fight for our liberty and that's what we're doing. And so Tommy Christopher. And by the way, these aggregating sites, they don't provide you with anything that's actually new or substantive. They just go around and pick off and cherry pick what other people have done. And then link to it. And then they have sort of provocative headlines in which they give you spin. And that's what media, ultra left-wing spin. You're starting to see a lot of that on our buddy Drudd's site. He is my buddy. And other places. So they're not really even news aggregators anymore. They're kind of ideologues in many respects. By what they post, their headlines, and what they omit. Peggy Noonan, Judge Napolitano, you know, they're very, very popular over at uh, Matt's site. But the hate and the vile, you really have to go to Mediate for that. Because they wet themselves over Trump, they're so furious. So, I just want to show you how stupid these people are. And boy, are they stupid. Here's the headline. Mark Levin wants to retroactively impeach Barack Obama, which isn't a thing you can do. Fox News host Mark Levin vented his spleen about the impeachment of President Trump and said we need to, quote, retroactively impeach, unquote, President Barack Obama in order to impeach Trump as well. On Thursday night's edition of Hannity, Levin launched into a rant about the current impeachment inquiry, which just wrapped up a week of public hearings that featured extensive testimony on Trump's plot to extort political favors from Ukraine by withholding military aid. Is this guy a Russian bot or something? No, he's a punk. But let's go on. Along the way, Levin managed to rope in President Obama. Please, Obama is our God. Don't rope him in. 
our last popularly elected commander-in-chief. You see, you see the punk doesn't even get the Constitution? And said, if you want to impeach, you need to retroactively impeach Obama. Unfortunately for Levin, the United States Constitution provides no mechanism for impeaching a president retroactively. <laughs> Bear with me. It's almost too stupid. I, 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 to most relevant section, the most relevant section of Levin's argument would be Article 2, Section 4, which states, the president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Now, Tommy Christopher is really quite an astute scholar and reader. He says the clause clearly states that removal from office shall occur following impeachment and conviction. President Obama won re-election in 2012, earning more votes than his opponent in the process and was constitutionally ineligible to run for a third term. Once Obama completed his second term in office, ladies and gentlemen, he writes, in January 2017, it was one of the few who attended Trump's inauguration. He was no longer in office. Hence, Obama would not be removed from office at any point subsequent to that. So you can see the sleazy cheap shots against Trump. And the guy is a complete ignoramus. And he's one of their senior writers. Tommy Christopher. Do they get dumber than this guy? I fear that they do. I fear that they do get dumber than this guy. And so I suggested that Tommy Christopher may want to write under a false name, a fictitious name, Mr. Producer, so he stops embarrassing and humiliating his family with his low IQ stupidity. But he's just one of many. Old Tommy Christopher. Now since Tommy and my new Israeli friend, Barach, are so interested in what Mark has to say, let's play you a little bit of it since it was another stellar appearance on Hannity last night. Ratings were massive. It's my understanding that Sean has won another month on cable as the highest rated show, both 12 plus and 2554. Is that even public yet? I don't know. I think it is, but what do I know? Cut one, Mr. Producer, go. I'm still getting through the Mueller report here, actually. <laughs> we spent years and years on the Mueller report and $40 million and congressional hearings and Mueller and they connected the dots and they found all kinds of... I'm, I'm, I'm still on page 397 of the Mueller report and then they, they throw Ukraine at us. It's hard to keep up, uh, Sean. Anyway, after we were attacked at Pearl Harbor, Admiral Yamamoto of Japan, he said, I fear all we have done is to awaken a sleeping giant and fill him with a terrible resolve. You know, Adam Schiff, you are in some ways Admiral Yamamoto, you just awakened a sleeping giant. You threw everything you had at the president, at the Republicans, at 63 million voters who voted for this president, and this is the best you have? This is the best you have? You have nothing. And the, you controlled everything? 
You controlled the witnesses, you controlled the information, you interrupted the Republicans, you had control over the hearing room, control over the rules and the timing and the press events, and you'll have control over the charging document. You're the Democrat Party's Yamamoto. And even now, with all the control that you've had, and all the positive press, and all the clownish legal an analysts and the rest, and the propaganda that they're pushing and they're celebrating, the polls for Donald Trump are going up. Now, once the Senate has control over this, there's no more Adam Schiff control. There's no more Nancy Pelosi control. There's no more of the, the mobster types that we saw in the Democrat Party preening and beating their chests. And the American people, they revere their constitution. They cherish their franchise, and they demand fairness from their representatives. And let me tell you something, Democrats, you screwed up big time. This was the weakest conga line of hand-picked witnesses I've ever seen in any hearing at any time. There's no smoking gun. Overwhelmingly hearsay. Basically, what did we have here? A small cabal of State Department and NSC bureaucrats who didn't like Trump or his policies. Yet every single one of them, when pressed by the Republicans, had to admit no bribery, no extortion, no quid pro quo, no impeachable offense. And the media thought, wow, with headlines that are incomprehensible. Not a single, not a single witness could or did accuse the president of criminality. Only a single witness had directly spoken with or met with the president about any of these issues. And he said, no, 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 the president didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. We look at Ukraine. We're getting these lectures from the witnesses and the Democrats. Ukraine needed the aid. They needed offensive military aid. We need it for geopolitical reasons. Their witness today, Fiona Hill, she was just, I can't believe the president did this. Look what he's doing. He's empowering the Russians, the Russians, the Russians. And she wrote a few years earlier, a long op-ed saying, don't give the Ukrainians the military aid they're asking for. Cut to go. As a matter of fact, the Democrats and their great leader, Barack Obama, he refused to give Ukraine the offensive military weapons they were looking for. So despite all these bureaucrats testifying, they couldn't get the weapons that Ukraine wanted under Obama. There were no hearings. There were no headlines. It was Trump who got the Ukrainians the weapons that they needed. It was Trump who stopped the Russians. It was Trump who put the most severe sanctions in modern history on the Russians. It was Obama who appeased the Russians. It was Obama under whose presidency the Russians invaded Ukraine and annexed Crimea. If you want to impeach, then we need to retroactively impeach Obama. Stop there. Now, this, now this is what confused Mediate. They're all sitting around their mother's dinner table in their boxer shorts and tank tops with their frosted flakes spilling out of their mouth. Three days old growth on their face to the extent that they can grow it. Throwing paper airplanes at each other. Shooting paper clips at each other. <laughs> hey, did you hear what Mark said? You can retroactively impeach. Let's check the Constitution. You must be wrong about that. 
you idiots. You can't retroactively impeach a president. He's not president anymore. It's a point. It's underscoring the fact that Obama did worse. And so we better drag him back and impeach him. I can't believe he said that. He's supposed to be a constitutional scholar. So we're dealing with truly stupid, relatively young ideologues on most of these sites. Go ahead. Senate, let's hope the Republicans, for once in their life, grow a spine. I want to remind the Republicans, including the half dozen or so, who went out, we cannot reveal the whistleblower. Read your damn law. You wrote it. Read your law. The so-called whistleblower is not a whistleblower under your law. The so-called whistleblower's complaint right here is not covered by the statute that you wrote. The phone call between President Trump and President Zelensky is not covered by the statute you wrote. President Trump is not covered by the statute you wrote. And the so-called whistleblower is not anonymous under the statute, is he? So the president's lawyers will finally get a shot at the whistleblower who never wrote this complaint. And they will get to ask him. They will get to say, I know his name, I'm not allowed to say. I know all about him, I'm not allowed to say. But it's time that sham comes to an end. A president gets to confront... A president gets to confront the person who's challenging him. Now, here's some of the questions for Mr. Whistleblower. Who was involved in writing the complaint? Who advised him to use the whistleblower statute to create this false protection? Did he speak to Adam Schiff or Nancy Pelosi or any Democrat members of Congress directly or through surrogates? What did he discuss with Schiff's staffers who formerly were the NSC? Did he speak to, we want to know yes or no, Lieutenant Colonel, or Mr., may I say, Vindman, or not? We want to know all about this whistleblower because the whistleblower wants to bring down the President of the United States. Moreover, we want Hunter Biden. We want Hunter Biden, not because of anything in our imagination or right-wing conspiracy theories, because you folks at Politico and the New York Times and other places, you've told us about Hunter Biden. You've told us about the Bidens. Don't we have a right as the American people to know if the individual who may be nominated as the Democrat nominee for President of the United States is a crook? Is that the only family in American history who's not to be investigated? I don't think so. And one other thing. This is the so-called whistleblower's complaint. This has been Adam Schiff's playbook from day one. Adam, did you write this? All right. I wonder what Peggy Noonan thinks about this, Mr. Producer. The president's supporters don't have any defense anymore. Or the legal analysts on TV. I can see at least a ha 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 Three out of four. Ha 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 Three out of four areas where you can uh, charge the president and impeach him. Ha 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 Yes. The idiocy that surrounds us is just uh, infinite. I'll be right back. Much lovin'. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd has become the Joe Scarborough of NBC, is he not, Mr. Producer? Meet the depressed, ladies and gentlemen, unless you want to be depressed and suffer from some kind of a psycho trip, I would recommend you not watch Chuck Todd and his haircut this Sunday. Do anything but. Here he is on MSLSD yesterday. Cut for go. I'm having a quick flashback to the OJ trial, frankly, where the facts were damning, but it didn't matter. And yet, he was innocent, but I'd also, but everybody knew he was guilty. It was, are we about to head into a situation like that where he's going to get acquitted and yet everybody's going to know he's guilty? What a rambling idiot. What a, the OJ, the flashback, what? The flashback? I don't know, when I watch Chuck Todd, which is as little as often, I have flashbacks, too, of these horrific nightmares when I was a little kid. Or these movies you used to see, you know, that was kind of sick with it. It's raining outside, Mr. Producer, and there's some guy on the corner with a raincoat. That's what Chuck Todd reminds me of. Talking fast, spinning, saying things he thinks you want to hear. Next thing you know, he opens the raincoat. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. You know, he's trying to sell you a razor, you know, or a Hershey bar or whatever. I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Mark Levin, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. It's Friday, ladies and gentlemen. You know what that means? It means two days from now is Sunday, right, Mr. Producer? <laughs> and what is Sunday, everybody? 8 p.m. Eastern Time. I am telling you, we're going to have the biggest kick-ass Life, Liberty, and Levin at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday. I really strongly encourage you to watch it. You should be contacting your email list, family members, friends, go door-to-door with your neighbors. I'm kidding, but it is, I think it's the finest show I've ever done. And it's just me, by the way. It's just me. Peggy Noonan, you may want to watch. Who else? Let's see. What else do we have roaming around out there? Let me sit at my desk and write a piece that will be profoundly important to my my summertime friends in the Hamptons and 
all my friends at CBS News where I used to work. And let me write it so I can distance myself from this uncouth president who I never liked anyway. And now that the left is trying to destroy our country, let me throw in with them and show them how, how much bigger I am. And maybe I'll get invited on Meet the Depressed with Chuck Todd, who has fantasies about, well, O.J. Simpson, apparently. All this reminds him of O.J. Simpson. In other words, you, the American people. We all know that O.J. Simpson was guilty, yet in the jury, they, they, they found him uh, not guilty. And this reminds me of the uh, Trump impeachment period here. Yes, it does. And I'm Chuck Todd, and I'm proud of myself. Chuck Todd is a dyed-in-the-wall liberal Democrat. His wife is a dyed-in-the-wall liberal Democrat. And he's a disgrace. He can't fit in one of Tim Russert's shoes. His whole damn body. And I have nothing against hair cuttery, but brother, you need to step it up with that hair. I'm not kidding. He's trying to cover that bald spot, Mr. Producer, you know. Hey, bald is beautiful. Sean Connery, Mark Levin. So, so they comb it from the back front to the front, and then they cut it across. Like nobody notices. Everybody's staring at his head while he's talking. Hey, dummy, we know you're going bald. Why are you doing this? Yes. The great Chuck Todd, he earned it. He fought every step of the way to become not just the, the host of Meet the Depressed, but he is the senior muckety-muck on political reporting for NBC News. Did you ever believe they would have to sink this low? And then they got Stephanopoulos there over at ABC. You know what I think's going on, Mr. Producer? I think the short people are taking over. I think they really are. These little Napoleons running, running around. <laughs> it's like this guy Stephanopoulos. He's a clown. Before he goes into the journalism, I never knew he was in journalism. Before, he's attacking women viciously, attacking them, defending Clinton, attacking women one after another after another. Then ABC has an idea. Hey, let's make him a host of Good Morning America. Hey, that's a good idea, and all of a sudden, he's just another liberal. We forget about his past. You got Jake Tapper. Jake Tapper is probably the best puppet that Jeff Motherzucker has over there at CNN. Jake Tapper is Jeff Motherzucker. He has sold out whatever journalistic credentials he had. At one point, he was trying very hard, and people kind of liked it, including me. But, you know, his bread is buttered, and it's buttered by Jeff Motherzucker. So he's back to form, having been the spokes idiot for Marjorie Margolis Mezvinsky, 3M, one-term left-wing coup congresswoman from Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, my old, my old area, my old home area. And uh, he was the spokesman for handgun controlling. But now, he's a journalist. 
and a fantastic journalist at that. Then you have Wolf Blitzed, or Wolf Blitzer. Nobody knows where this guy came from. What did he do before? I don't know. He just showed up one day. He showed up one day. He's delivering coffee, donuts. You know, he's wearing a white uniform and, and one of those hats so that they don't get the hair in the food. And, you know, CNN, we were just starting out. We basically weren't in any households. We, we had about, about, three, about three airports. And this guy comes roaming in, innocent enough. I said to him, what's your name? He says, Ernie Grabatsky. Oh, you're Ernie Grabatsky. Finally, we met Ernie Grabatsky. We got to change your name if you're going to be on CNN. What should we change it to? (laughs) How about Wolf Blitzer? Hey, that is a ring to it. (laughs) Wolf Blitzer. Let's give him the prime time spot. So he went from delivering coffee and donuts to being the main anchor on CNN. His name was Ernie Grabatsky, and now it's Wolf Blitzer. Then we move to The View. The View. Barbara Waters decides she wants an opinion show. All women. That's not sexist, but all women. They have all women there. Well, one of them is kind of a woman, but all women there. And uh, that's what they do. And what do they do? They scream at each other. It's the kind of stereotype you really don't want them. They're yelling at each other. They're screaming. They're, they're, they're throwing pens and pencils. They're pulling each other's hair. Isn't that kind of stereotypical in a negative way? And then if you dare question them, that's the problem. That's how you view women. That's how you treat women. Let me tell you something. It's the dumbest show on the air. The dumbest show on the air. They don't do things intelligently. It's not an intelligent show. But it's a woman's perspective. There is no woman's perspective. We are individuals. And how can you say that anyway when people are transitioning and... uh, They're adding genitalia, they're subtracting genitalia, they have no genitalia, they're defined by what they do with their genitalia or don't do with their genitalia. So how can you say it's a woman's perspective? What does that even mean anymore, Mr. Producer? What is a woman's perspective if genitalia is up for grabs? If you get my drift. And what about people who are transitioning? Shouldn't they have a show with five people who are transitioning? From a transitioning person's perspective. What do you think of that, Mr. B? I think that's a damn good idea. I'd watch that. <laughs> Wouldn't you? You'd watch that. Call that The View 2 or something. In fact, they should change the name of The View to The Yentas. And then have the transitioning show called The View. Where we have five trans, what do we call transitioners? Transition, whatever. Five sitting there. One person, a female, becoming a male, a male becoming a female. Maybe you just guess. Whatever, it doesn't matter. That could be very entertaining, I think. In fact, Joy Behar, which panel would she be on? I don't know. 
joy. You have to admit you're a disgrace. Joy is much like Joe Scarbo. Stay with me. Both failed at radio. Both failed at radio. Now that you mention it, Mark, they both kind of look alike, don't they? I think Scarborough is what Joy Behar would look like if she were a male. What do you think of that, Mr. Producer? And I think Joy Behar is Scarborough, what he would look like if he were female. What do you think of that? Think about that, folks. I think I'm pretty close. Cut five, go. Why is it that support for impeachment is going down for Americans? I don't know. Yes, why? Why can that possibly be? I mean, I support this and the American people don't. How can that be? Go ahead. Ratings, I can't even say it makes me nauseous, are going up. Uh, Joy, you always look nauseous. And you always make the rest of us feel nauseous. May I say that? With all due respect. I say that with respect. Go ahead. What is it that they like about him? Is it the fact that there are still, what, 4,000 kids still at the border in custody? Or that he trashes veterans? Or that he makes deals with Russians? No, 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 that's not it. That's not it. It's that he's an anti-Semite towards Jews in Israel. That could be it. Maybe. No, that wouldn't be it. That would be Obama, I think. Or maybe it could be that he rounded up Japanese Americans and Americans and put them in a... No, that would be FDR, your other hero. No, that's not Trump. Trump didn't do that. Or maybe it could be that he rounded up one million illegal aliens and forced them out of the country and said, no, that would be Eisenhower. Maybe it could be that he sicked the IRS on his political... No, that would be Kennedy and Johnson. Maybe it could be that they treated the Oval Office like a flop hat. No, Kennedy and Johnson again. Throwing a little bit of FDR there. Maybe they threw their political opponents and their media opponents in prison. No. Nah, that would be Woodrow Wilson. And a little bit of FDR. You understand what I'm saying there, Joy? Joy Behua, you understand what I'm saying? You understand why you failed in radio? You understand why you have a negative IQ? You understand what... Never mind. I'll be right back. Lovin. You know, choosing a mortgage lender is one of the first steps that you'll take toward becoming a homeowner. So it's very important that you choose the right organization. There's so many lenders out there that you may have trouble finding the right fit. Well, I've got you covered. I found the place. It's American financing. They're wonderful. It's all I hear about them is how wonderful they are. Now, they're a family-owned business. They employ salary-based mortgage consultants. There's never any charges up front, no upfront fees. And the reason it's important that they're salary-based is so you don't have a commission based on how many loans you, you get or how big the loans are, what type of loans they are. These are salaried people. And they are specifically trained to accommodate you. You. 
your personal needs. And they try and tailor financing in a way that truly benefits you. There's no pressure. And they can get you pre-qualified in as little as 10 minutes. Prefer to complete your application online? Well, they've got a digital mortgage option too. And best of all, they're open nights and weekends to meet your schedule. Nights and weekends. That means they're open now, tomorrow, and the next day. But why wait? You know, interest rates are at historic lows. They're not going to stay there. That's why the lows are historic. Because they're going to go up and they cease to be historic. So their consultants are available to you right now. Not many lenders do that. And they want to be as convenient for you as possible. Make the 10-minute call now. You'll be glad you did. Learn about their custom loan programs and down payment assistance options, and you'll be glad you did. Here's their number. 888-900-1828. That's 888, very simple, 900-1828. Now, if you prefer to go online, go to AmericanFinancing.com. Net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right. Cindy, San Francisco, California, the great KSFO. Go! Hey, Mark, you are in quite the holiday mood today. Oh, thank you. And I, ha- and I don't even drink. Well, I didn't think you did. But anyway, no, no. look, whatever you got to do, stay strong because we all depend on you so much. Why don't you switch? Are you going to watch my Sunday show this Sunday? Yeah, I wouldn't miss it. I, I tune in every time. Well, actually, I record it. But this is but a big look, one. Watch or record. This is a big one. I'm quite serious. But when it's done, everyone's going to say, I'm glad you pushed this. Okay, and I've got my husband on it, too. So that, that's good. Thank you. Now, look, what I wanted to tell you is this journalist in Israel, he is mm-hmm. really a fool. Mm-hmm. I am not Jewish. I don't need to be Jewish. Nope. I don't need to live in Israel, and I don't need to pay taxes in Israel mm-hmm. to know that democracy is being undermined, and Netanyahu's civil liberties are being violated. What, what kind of a fool is he? I can look at Hong Kong. I can look in my own neighborhood, thank you very much, and realize that we are undermining our democratic system. Beautifully put. Beautifully put. And, wh- and what kind of an idiot journalist do this? even understand that these charges brought by the attorney general's office are an attack on freedom of the press? Isn't he a press man? Uh, it, it, it's just, it's incomprehensible. I, I can't even, I, you, you just can't even comment on it. Uh, I, uh, what can you say except what you said? Well, and, well, and, thank you. You know, um, you need to feel complimented that you are literally in the global eye now. Hmm. And you just have to take More like the, the global target. But you know what? I don't care. I do my thing and I, leave, I live my life. Yeah, look, and I also have to say, love your bumper music, and I love Ray Charles every Friday night. Tune in, get tears in my eyes. So you hang tough and have a great holiday. Thank you. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you walk on the streets in San Francisco where they're having a fecal matter problem? You know, I try my best not to do that. And I actually. This was the most beautiful city in America, I must say. It was. I, I grew up there. I understand. I've seen it just be trashed. They literally spend money now on people that literally go around and monitor the poop. This is where they spend their money, Mark. I'm not kidding. Well, then they need to go to uh, Nancy Pelosi's office. Um, Cindy, God bless you, my friend. Beautiful call. I really appreciate it. Lee, 
Indianapolis, Indiana, the great WFDM. Go. Denali, good evening. Good evening, sir. I was uh, going back to your opening on the show, um, yes. and I've got to believe that within the administrative bureaucracy, both in Israel, where Bibi is, and uh, here in the United States, that there have got to be some actual patriots, some conservatives, some, as you call them, Paul and Paulette Revere. But they're surrounded by people. Yeah, they're limited are, in number. They're, they're, exactly. And there's probably a few in newsrooms, but they can't speak up. Exactly. And this kind of gets right to my two questions that I have for you. Now, it's kind of almost like... Hold on. Is this multiple choice or true or false? No. Yes. No, it will not be multiple choice. It's uh, open-ended, free-form response. All right. Go right ahead. Um, okay. Uh, but I would imagine that the conservatives probably get the view of, okay, well, Trump's here now. He's got maybe another year. Even if he wins for a re-election, he's got another five years. But eventually, he's going to be out. And if you mm-hmm. stand up and support him, if you out our game, if you out the swamp, that's okay. We're going to be here. That's that's a good you, point, because they're there forever. Exactly. What's your so next point? Bring, uh, well, the question is, number one, what would you tell the people who are in these positions who would love to help but are afraid of retribution? And number two, what systemic solutions are available to break up... I don't don't have an answer to a systemic solution other than slashing the size of the federal government and slashing spending on the bureaucracy. That's the only way you can do it. And as for the people who are in the bureaucracy that want to speak out, you have civil service and union protection too. But you're not fighting in Afghanistan, so speak out. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I be Mark Levin. Who you be? Welcome back. I'm trying to pull... You know, I'm going to burn this place down. Can't get this technology to work. You ought to see the headlines. My God, Trump defenders severely tested by public hearings. What will they do now? Kraft blasts Trump's divisive rhetoric in released audio. Uh, I don't think he should be blasting anybody right now, do you? No, I don't think so. There's some good football games this Sunday. The only one I'm not going to watch, Mr. Producer, is the one that's Sunday night football. You understand my point? Because my show is on. You can tune it in after my show. Why would you tune it in during my show? That doesn't make any sense. Big show. Uh, Let's see here. Did I pull up the wrong one? What is today? Today's Friday. Why does today feel like Saturday? Why am I rambling? All right. CNN and MSNBC hyping bombshell. We had bombshells all during the impeachment hearings. And what were the smoking guns? I don't know. You know, Ivanovich and the Taylor and, uh, and this guy Campbell. Oh, so persuasive. You know what? They're already forgotten. They're already forgotten. Here's your media. Cut three. Go. 
The case for impeachment has never been stronger. The evidence never so riveting after yesterday's explosive testimony. Kicking off what promises to be another explosive week in the impeachment inquiry. Uh, we're bracing for potentially an explosive opening statement. Those are some of the fireworks from today's explosive testimony. Another explosive day of testimony. Why are they talking in those terms, Mr. Producer? I remember when I used to talk about targets and triggered, they accused me of inciting terrorism. You remember that? Now we have explosive and explosive and explosive. The only thing exploding is in their pants. Go ahead. Potentially explosive week of testimony. The most explosive thing. This is a slow motion explosion. Major breaking news right now. The explosive, truly explosive opening remarks. I I can't emphasize how explosive (laughs) this is. How explosive. Very explosive. And I think it will be explosive. Wow. The first day of public testimony in the impeachment inquiry opening with a bombshell. We got the bombshell. Yesterday was a bombshell. This has to be one of those bombshell days. A a bombshell. And it was bombshell testimony. Testimony. Bombshells. Stop a second. Why does Joe Scarborough always sound stupid? What is it with, with that voice and that, uh, that accent? Where does that accent come from, Mr. Producer? He's slow, slow. Go ahead. Bombshell after bombshell. Stunning testimony. The the stunning conversation he heard. It was stunning. It was historic. Fiona Hill, I mean, that was, I know we keep saying bombshell, but it is Fiona Hill who is the bomb. She's going to drop a bombshell. Fiona Hill, she's a bomb. A bombshell, a double whammy bombshell, atomic bombshell, nuclear bombshell, bombshells everywhere. We need bombshellers for the bombshells and the... The shells and the bombshells. The media today, stupid as can possibly be. All left-wing kooks. Want to hear something interesting? Here's Trump at the White House today. Cut six, go. Should the whistleblower be fired, Mr. President? All right, let's stop there. Should the whistleblower be fired, Mr. President? Number one, if the whistleblower is a civil servant, it's not so easy. It's not so easy to fire the whistleblower. Even if the president wants to fire the whistleblower. But what kind of a dumbass question is it? You have a question to ask. Uh, did it even enter your minds, ladies and gentlemen, that that should be the questions that that's asked? And notice, even the media, they call Eric. What's his name again? Charamella. They call Eric Charmel the whistleblower. By the way, I deal with this on Sunday's show. You're going to love it. Eric Charamella, the whistleblower. And so everybody has to talk in terms now that they agree with, you know. You can't use certain pronouns. You can't sue. You can't, you can't question certain... Hunter Biden, don't! Question Hunter Biden. What? Nah. Don't question Michelle Obama. Don't question Barack Obama. Don't question Joe Biden. Don't question the whistleblower. Uh, and then the media. You know, these are extraordinary hearings. Wait, the Republicans couldn't call any of their witnesses. Oh, they're extraordinary hearings. Well, they really couldn't be crossing. Ah, oh, the hearings are absolute bombshells. And this is your free press. Back to the president. Go ahead. Should the whistleblower be fired, Mr. President? Uh, what whistleblower? I don't think there is. I consider it to be a fake whistleblower. And let me tell you what he means by that. 
the federal whistleblower statute does not cover this person. I don't know how many times I have to say it. All the crap, slip and fall, ambulance chasing, legal analysts out there who lie about the whistleblower statute. The Democrats lie. The media lie. Some Republicans, you know, I uh, like Grassley. You know, I don't think he should be revealed under the whistleblower statute. The whistleblower statute doesn't apply to him, you idiots. You got legal staff. You got researchers. It doesn't apply. Well, we want it to apply. And as a matter of fact, this has been one of my points. Somebody told this Eric Shamarella. If it's not you, Eric, call us. We'll clear you. Eric, and by the way, where are lawyers anymore? They were all over the place trashing me for trashing the. They're nowhere to found anymore, are they, Mr. Producer? Are they in a bunker in Wyoming? Where are they? Mark Zage, you've been all over the place. Where is it? All of a sudden, crickets. Crickets. Uh, but in any event, the whistleblower statute that Congress passed, they don't even know what's in it or they're lying to you. The whistleblower is not a whistleblower under federal law. He doesn't even get a whistle to blow. The discussion on the phone between the presidents is not covered by the whistleblower law. Senator Grassley, I'm trying to help you. I'm speaking quite slowly. In fact, in fact, the whistleblower doesn't get anonymity under the whistleblower law. <gasps> Say it ain't so. It is so. The inspector general for the intelligence community has to keep his name secret, except under two exceptions. The president of the United States is not the inspector general of the, whistlebl- in the in- intelligence community. The media aren't. Congress isn't. Of course you can reveal his name. No, I can't. He's getting threats. I thought nobody knew who he was. How can he... Or is it she be getting threats? How do you threaten somebody if you don't know who they are? Well, he is. Oh. Cut seven, please. Go. The bottom line is all of those witnesses, they're all shifty shifts. Don't forget, there was no due process. You can't have lawyers. We couldn't have any witnesses. We want to call the whistleblower. But you know who I want as the first witness? Because, frankly, I want a trial. You know, I could think I could have it. You want a trial? Whatever I want. Oh, I would. Look, number one, they should never, ever impeach. This is not impeach. I watched I watched five people on your network yesterday say there's nothing here. Andy McCarthy. How about Ken, special prosecutor, Ken special counsel? Ken Starr. He was fantastic. He said there's nothing here. So ready? Number one. There should never be an impeachment. This is not an impeachment. That, that phone call was totally appropriate. And he's right. But it reminds Chuck Todd of the O.J. Simpson trial, a multiple murder. This is what Chuck Todd is reminded of. Isn't that something? Old Chuckles. Let's see. Let's go to cut eight. Go. Mr. President, was there quid pro quo, extortion, bribery? No, not at all. Let me tell you, he's a... I don't agree. There was. And it was on Schiff's part. 
Schiff's part. They have so abused these terms and so broadened these terms. I think Adam Schiff is a is a perpetrator of a quid pro quo extortion and bribery. Well, do you have any uh, first-hand evidence of that? No, I don't. Do you have any witnesses that have first-hand evidence? No, I don't. Well, then how can you say it? Well, that's what they're doing to the president, right? They don't either. So I'm just saying it. Go ahead. So sick. This guy, is so, I've been going through it for two and a half years about Russia. I've been tougher on Russia than any president in history. But for two and a half years, I've had to listen. This was their talking point, Trump and Russia. And if you take a look at it, just look at the facts. Even look at what I've done for Ukraine by giving them tank busters, by giving them stuff. And Obama would send pillows and sheets. He wouldn't send anything else. Uh, the whole thing. Wait a minute. Obama sent pillows and sheets? Well, now, this is interesting, Mr. Producer. Did he send him my pillows? What kind of pillows did Barack Milhouse Benito send the Ukrainians? What kind of pillows? And sheets? Bowling branch sheets? What kind of sheets did he send? This we need to know. Go ahead. This. He makes it all up. He's sick. There's something wrong with him. So, he made up my phone call... He made it up. He made up a phone call. And then when I released it, everybody was embarrassed. And crazy Nancy Pelosi, who, by the way, is going to go down as the worst speaker in the history of the House of Representatives. She hasn't done anything. I do think, though, she will be considered very, very accomplished speaker, having the most faceless of any speaker in American history. How else do you explain those eyeballs popping out of her head? Seriously. Nobody blinks like she does. She blinks like an owl, which means almost never. And I say this always with the greatest of respect. The greatest of respect. But her eyes are popping out of her head. And you know who else? Adam Schiff's eyes are popping out of his Have you noticed this? We got eye poppers here. I don't know what's going on there. Is there something in the water? His eyes are popping out of his head. Her eyes are popping out. Maybe they have the same uh, plastic surgeons. Go ahead. She said she's like paralyzed. She cannot do anything. Yes. But look what she's done for her city. Having served there 412 years. Human fecal matter. I mean, who doesn't want that? Used needles. Homeless people everywhere. That's our Nancy. And she wants to do for the nation what she's done. In San Francisco. And then we have Adam Schiff. The streets of Los Angeles. Fecal matter, 10 cities, 70,000 homeless people, give or take. It's almost a congressional district, one-tenth. Should be his district. Illegal aliens. Spectacular. They got rats everywhere. Rats! Quality of life is just fantastic. So many areas of the city. In fact, as I understand it, the uh, their government building there is infested with rats. I don't mean human rats. I mean the other rats. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Let's move on to cut nine. Go. 
And this goes to your argument that uh, somebody at the FBI was out to get you, right? Well, it certainly does. And they were spying on my campaign, and it went right up to the top. And everybody knows it. And now we're going to find out. Uh, you have uh, Bull Durham, who's supposed to be the toughest. I've never met him, never spoke to him, but he's supposed to be the smartest and the best. And he works, he works for Bill Barr, who's a great attorney general. Uh, we would have maybe have ended this thing a lot sooner had he been there originally. But you have some people that are great people now and uh, patriotic people. They love our country. And uh, this was spying on my campaign, something that has never been done in the history of our country. This was an overthrow attempt at the presidency. They tried to overthrow the presidency. This is a disgrace. But well, I'm not surprised to see it. It's just starting to come up. I think this is nothing compared to what you'll see over the next couple of weeks. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. You know, folks, Thanksgiving is only a week away. I love Thanksgiving, don't you? Particularly with my family. My family loves to cook. They love to bake. And I love to eat. So now and then I'll walk into the kitchen, check them out, what's going on, and then I quickly leave. They don't even notice I'm there. I can watch football, I can read, I can take a nap, and they don't have any problem with it. It's wonderful. But here's the thing I've always wondered about Thanksgiving. It takes days to prepare that meal. It takes me about 27 minutes to finish it, Mr. Producer. Anyway, that's just me. Thanksgiving's only a week away, ladies and gentlemen. Still enough time to get rid of the turkey neck, your turkey neck, and sagging jawline and get compliments around the dinner table. Now, if you haven't tried Genesel's breakthrough jawline treatment with MDL technology, then pick up the phone or go to Genesel.com right now. Order today. Chaminet will include their classic Genesel eye bags and puffiness absolutely free. And you'll also receive their immediate effects for results. And you can see it in 12 hours, those results. And for Thanksgiving, Genesel offers get even better. You also get the top-selling Genesel eyelid lift for sagging, droopy eyelids absolutely free. You'll give thanks this holiday for 10 years off your appearance, and everyone will see the difference guaranteed or 100% of your money back. That's Chaminet Promise. That's what it is. 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. I called my publisher today, Simon & Schuster. Actually, yesterday. Actually, I emailed them, but that's okay. The manner, time, and form of communication doesn't matter. Anyway, it was yesterday. I said, please make sure we have enough unfreedom of the press and the retail bookstores and Amazon. They said, we're set, you know, for Black Friday, the Friday after Thursday. They said, we're all set. Now, we can't guarantee you won't be sold out, but we're all set. So, if you're shopping that day or any day this week or next week, but particularly that Friday or Barnes & Noble or Books A Million or any of these bookstores, there should be an unfreedom of the press there. But just in case, Amazon is well-stocked too. It's 41% off. 
So it's slightly over 16 bucks. That's when you're going to buy your Christmas gifts, your Hanukkah gifts. I bet the people in your life, if they're Levinites, if they're constitutionalists, they're capitalists, they will love a copy of Unfreedom of the Press. Wrapped under the tree, wrapped on one of the nights, wrapped for Hanukkah, or even in a stocking. Unfreedom of the Press. It's more important now than ever. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. You know, I don't like doing this, but I have to. Because you, my audience, you come first. You come first. And it takes a lot of uh, effort and a lot of teamwork. And I stress teamwork to put a program like this on the air. I've got the greatest team. I've got Rich, the best executive producer engineer. I've got Richie V, the best call screener, and really a budding uh, broadcast star. He's just terrific. And my wonderful affiliate relations fella, Darian, who's been with me since the beginning. And a lot of wonderful executives at Westwood One. Others who've been enormously helpful to me throughout my career, but it also takes responsible program directors all over the country with foresight to run this program and to run it the right way and to run the radio station the right way. Now, this is the third largest radio show in America because of you. And it runs... And an odd time during the day, 6 p.m. Eastern and then all over the country, you can figure out the time clock. And the really good and smart program directors try to run alive or as close to live as they can and never preempt it. Never preempt it. And sometimes you'll have universities and others who will pay like 5000 or $7,000 a show or $10,000 a show to try and get them to preempt my show or other shows and run them. Which, in my view, shows no respect for the audience whatsoever. And, of course, what's happening is, I'm just telling you the truth. This isn't a secret. This, this is happening in front of your eyes and nose. Is when that happens, they lose audience and they lose it for good because people go to podcasts or satellite or streaming online. They've figured out they can be their own program directors. Over the years, we've had some issues with this. And we've pretty much ironed them out. That particularly the larger stations that are part of the company that I'm with... Understand that this is one of the most important shows in the company, and it's the largest conservative talk show that Cumulus Westwood One has. And so I want to strongly encourage the people in the Chicago area, when this show is preempted by Illinois basketball, to just swing over to the podcast. 
Chicago's been a tough market for us over the years. We've never been aired live. We're pushed later and later into the day, and then we're preempted. And I'm not telling anything out of school. The people in Chicago are well aware of this. The people in Chicago are well aware of this. Our podcast numbers are going through the roof. In fact, they increased by almost one million month to month last month, didn't they, Mr. Producer? It was a massive jump. A massive jump. I love the city of Chicago. It's an ethnic city. In many ways, it's similar to Philadelphia. I know they're not exactly the same, but that's not my point. I grew up in an ethnic city, Philadelphia. I was launched in an ethnic city, New York City. But it's extremely difficult when local decisions are made that sabotage the program and, in my view, do not serve the audience. So I'm going to tell you uh, about the podcast information, again, particularly in the Chicago area. You can go to MarkLevinShow.com. That's my homepage. MarkLevinShow.com. It's right there. It's easy. It's three clicks. You're going you're gonna to be able to do this. Then you click on the audio rewind that's at the middle of the top of the homepage, right at the top in the middle. So that's your second click. That'll take you to the podcast page. Then you have a third click, a decision to make. Do you want to use what's called Stitcher or the Apple Podcast or the Google Podcast? You have a number of choices. Just pick one, one that you think you'll be comfortable with. And now you've downloaded it. It's that simple. And if you listen to the podcast, you can listen to it on your iPhone or your Android. Podcasts are growing extremely big and popular. They are. Because for a lot of people, they're convenient. Now, still, radio is crucially important. You get in the car, you turn on the radio. And you have a radio next to your bed, that sort of, I still do that. But my kids don't. They use the podcast. So I'm telling all of you, if we are ever preempted by Illinois basketball or some other absurdity, Just go to the podcast. MarkLevinShow.com. Click on the audio rewind in the middle of the top of the home page. That'll take you to the podcast page. Then you pick the podcast platform that you want. It's that simple. Now, tens of millions of people are doing this, so you can do it too. Always have this in your back pocket. That is, go ahead and download it just in case. You might say, well, I'm fine with my station. I want you to be fine with your station. We have over 300 stations. And they are run by smart people, people with foresight, people who want to get ratings, people who want to do things the old-fashioned way. That is content, respect for your audience and so forth. Virtually every one of our affiliates, that's what they do. From the West Coast to the East Coast, to the bottom of Texas, to the tip of Alaska, and all the way out to Hawaii. We have the best stations, the best affiliates. But every now and then, it's an imperfect world. Every now and then, there's a bonehead. And there's nothing I apparently can do about it. But technology saves the day. Technology saves the day. So please, just go ahead and download it, and you'll have it. Give it a try. If you're still confused about it, I'm sure you have a uh, 
somebody in your household who can help you with this. But it really is simple if you just are motivated even for three minutes to do it. Go to marklevinshow.com. That's my main webpage. That's the mothership. marklevinshow.com. Click on Audio Rewind. It's the middle of the top of the homepage. Can't be more simple. You'll see it right there. Click it. Hit it. That'll take you to the podcast page. And then your third click will be the podcast that you want to use. The podcast that you now want to use. I want to tell you about our buddies at Turning Point USA. Thank goodness for Turning Point USA. I want to talk to you about this organization. It's doing crucially important work on college campuses across this country. Now, we had Charlie Kirk on here the other night. This guy is really, he's not a rising star, he is a star. And in only seven years, Charlie and his team at Turning Point USA have created a conservative grassroots force, organizing and training students at nearly 1,500 colleges and over a quarter million students. Now, part of that work includes getting students out to vote in this election and beyond. Now, folks, I love Turning Point because they're making a real difference. And with your support, they'll train up our own army of conservatives to take the fight to campus radicals everywhere. Everywhere. They're playing offense, not defense, and it's working. That's why I'm urging you to support Turning Point. They're winning. But they need your support to ensure conservative values are represented on every college campus in America. And when you do support them, your support is matched thanks to the generosity of several donors. It's matched. But only through middle December. So please... Consider supporting Turning Point, which is working tirelessly on college campuses to preserve the belief in limited government, academic freedom, freedom of speech, free markets, to the next generation of conservatives. Please go to markforturningpoint.com, markforturningpoint.com right now, and give your support. It'll be doubled now through mid-December. That's markforturningpoint.com. All right, Mr. Producer, let's have a caller, please. Go right ahead. Who else? WBAP, Texas. Robert, how are you, sir? I'm great, Mark. Good to hear from you. I finally uh, got through. I'm honored to be a part of your show, man. I love you. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I, uh, I just... The longer and longer this goes on, it drives me nuts. I'm a 20-year Army retired vet, nine combat tours. Wow. Thank you, sir. Quid pro quo is the functionality of all negotiation. Hmm. All of it. Everything we do, I talk to my customers every day. They ask me, hey, can you drop the price for this? I'll give you that. I talk to my my vendors who supply me. Hey, uh... If you give me this, I buy this product. You get this price break. It, it's it's quit this for that tit for tat. What I don't understand all these congressmen and women senators. Every deal they negotiate, they do the same thing every and, day. And they do. I mean, they take donations, and uh, when the legislation comes out, I mean, remember all the insider trading that the Nancy Pelosi was involved in that sixty minutes exposed. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and now all of a sudden, because we have an outside president who's doing everything right for our country to bring it what it once greatly was, and, and it, it, it can't be bought. 
All right, right, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. There's a newsman out there who is saying that, you know, the Senate trial, they might call uh, not only Biden, not only Schiff, but they might actually call Trump. I just wish these people who spoke knew what the hell they're talking about. Has any president ever appeared in an impeachment hearing involving that, a, te- a trial involving that president? No. Now, why is that? Why is that? It's called separation of powers. Presidents cannot be compelled to appear before Congress, a committee of Congress, an impeachment hearing, or anything of the sort. It's called separation of powers. So any newsman who says that, again, you need to write them off as just pontificating without knowledge. Unfortunately, there's a hell of a lot of that. Now, you know, socialism, by another name, is socialism. And like Bernie Sanders calling his massive health care plan Medicare for all when it's not Medicare at all, it destroys Medicare and it destroys all private health care. And here's Senator Chuck Grassley trying to do the same by calling his socialist price controls by another name. Last week I told you how the Grassley-Wyden drug pricing bill ran into opposition among free market Senate Republicans. Free market Republicans are objecting to the socialist price controls in the bill called inflationary caps that would allow the government to set your prices on drugs. But instead of removing price controls from the bill, Chuck Grassley wants to instead file an update to the bill, simply changing the name from inflationary caps to subsidy caps. Wow, clever, Chuck. But giving price controls a new name does not change the fact that the Grassley-Widened bill still threatens access to the prescription drugs seniors count on. And it will destroy the investments needed to fund the research for the next generation of drug treatments. Senator Grassley can put new lipstick on an old pig, but it's still a socialist. Get the facts. Go to TrueHealthCareFacts.com, TrueHealthCareFacts.com, TrueHealthCareFacts.com. We'll be right back. You know, uh, I told you the other night, maybe it was a month ago, actually, that Greg Gutfeld... I have to say, the guy's fantastic. My opinion of him has completely changed. He's funny, sharp, and solid. It's not because we always have to agree, but he really is. And on Saturday night, I try to check, get a show, too. I do. And one other, who oh, is not the friendliest, too, and I never met her, I don't think, is Dana Perino. She's, in my view... More and more solid. And I don't just mean conservative. I mean in her analysis. I've been watching during this impeachment stuff. As the hearings go on, you get the hysterical newsmen, the hysterical legal analysts, and so forth. These people are steady. They're thinking it through, and they're calm. And they're saying, uh, I don't know that I would go there yet. Let's hear the other, t- or whatever it is. I mean, that, that's very cool. Now, they're the other loafers, of course, but I'm not talking about them, am I? Mark, you're not allowed to. Well, that's part of the issue, isn't it? But they, they have been impressive to me, Mr. Producer, haven't they to you? Really have. Rich says, yeah, I didn't hear a damn thing over here. Yeah, whatever, whatever, let's go. It's, it's, it's almost over. I want to get a steak soon.
Ladies and gentlemen, the week is officially over. Thank God, and the great weekend begins now. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, all people who protect us. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. And good night, Gigi. Don't forget, folks, please. I'm telling you, you're going to want to watch this. 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Life, Liberty, and Levin on Fox. Please write it down and don't forget. You're going to really love it. You're going to be talking about it. And I don't mess with this, you know. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. And congratulations. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.